from the gray, the gray pelican state. Welcome to What Makes Me Weird with Joel Sharpton. I'm your host, Joel Sharpton. You can find me on Twitter at The Rogues Life. You can find me at joelsharpton.com, or you can find me back here every week with a brand new episode of What Makes Me Weird. On this show, we talk to people about their passion for their hobby, their art form, or their industry, the, the thing that sets them apart from everybody else, the thing that makes them weird. This week, our guest is Josh Steen. You can follow him on Twitter, at Josh Steen, or you can find his website, justusgeeks.com. Now, Josh is the host of the Just Us Geeks podcast. He's a geek of all things, he says, and he's a super dad as well. That's something that I can connect with, too. I had a lot of fun with Josh. Uh, we've been following each other on uh, social media for quite a while, and uh, I've been a fan of his show, and uh, I was looking for somebody to talk about Josh. James Bond with Josh. Welcome on board, ladies and gentlemen. Could the passenger in carriage five please unplug your extension lead and stop charging your phone, electric toothbrush, handheld hoover, and power drill on the table? Thank you. Like getting your money's worth? Enjoy the delicious mayo chicken. Just 99p from the McDonald's saver menu. <laughs> Served after 10:30 a.m. Except in selected restaurants, which will serve this from 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. He raised his hand. He said, "Hey, hey, I'm over here. I love James Bond. Let's let's talk." So we did. We got together and we talked a little bit about our histories with the character of James Bond and the film franchise, especially um, what we like and what we don't like so much about the current iteration, the Daniel Craig series of James Bond movies, and then what we hope for from Spectre specifically coming out this week, and more generally the future of the franchise altogether. All of that and more in this week's episode. So stick around as we talk to Josh Steen from JustUsGeeks.com. So we are joined today on uh, What Makes Me Weird by Josh Steen. How you doing, man? Pretty good, man. How's it going? I'm doing really well. I'm glad you uh, you stepped up and joined me for this episode. I was a little worried that I wasn't going to find anybody uh, that wanted to wax poetically about uh, Mr. James Bond, but uh, I'm, I'm glad you jumped at the chance. Well, it's Bond is one of those subjects that I think a lot of people have like a very casual knowledge of that doesn't really extend, you know, now very much past Pierce Brosnan. So, you know, like we, we're actually getting ready on our show to do an episode about Bond uh, in a couple weeks, I guess next week, actually, uh, before we, uh, after we see Spectre. And, um, you know, I, I love Bond. I've, I've, been a long time fan of James Bond and you know it, he's one of those one of those characters that he's never going to get old to me he's, he's just timeless and he's the stories are amazing the literature is pretty good and it's just you know it's great to see somebody like Daniel Craig really bring him back well, we're, we're going to get to that, the timeless nature of it. That's one of the things that I want to talk about specifically. But let's start uh, at the beginning. What, what is the first entry for Josh, young Josh, into the world of James Bond? What, what is your Bond that first hooked you? Well, there used to be, I don't know, made, there were a couple of channels that did this. And I want to say that this was a TBS or a Ted Turner-owned network that that would used to just like during the summer play Bond movie after Bond movie. And then they would do it again around the holidays. Um, so it's like a nine or 10 year old kid. I started to watch Bond. Uh, and by the time I was a, you know, like a pretty early teenager, I had seen every Bond up until that point. And um, the very first Bond that I, Bond film that I saw was live and let die and 
one of the things that I love about Bond, and I found myself really sort of going back over as I was uh, thinking about Bond today before our, our talk, was that to me, I always, like a lot, I know a lot of people, you know, associate Bond films with their villains, but for me, it's the, it's the score and the music. And um, I guess, I guess it was uh, Live and Let Die by Paul McCartney that really just sort of stuck this movie in my mind and grabs my attention. Um, but Live and Let Die was the very first Bond film that I ever saw. And my dad was a big Bond guy. Like, we've not really talked about it in a, in a long while, but, you know, he was really into the Bond films, uh, which was interesting because, really, I guess as a kid, I'd only ever noticed him watching, like, Western films, John Wayne stuff, you know, some older films, but, like, hey, this stuff had gadgets and really cool things in it that I liked, too. And my dad's a big sportsman and, and all kinds of other stuff, but, but he really liked Bond films as well. So, um, you know, he he turned me on to Bond, and, and it was just a slippery slope from there, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, I, I think that I find with a lot of guys that are interested in the James Bond franchise, there's that father relationship. Somehow dad brought you into it one way or another. In in my case, my dad's not a huge James Bond fan, but like uh, like many things in pop culture, dad had an opinion on them. And the one thing that I remember from a very early age was that for for my dad, J Sean Connery was the only Bond that mattered. And, uh, okay. And I really I absorbed that in a lot of ways. For instance, I've seen pieces of every Roger Moore film, but I'm actually um, this year I've been rewatching all of the James Bond films. And as my wife hasn't really seen any of them. We're about to come up on Live and Let Die is the next one on our on our list, as a matter of fact. And this will be the first time that I've seen any of the Roger Moore films in their entirety in one sitting. I, oh, I my watched, gosh. I know, right? I know. There's a whole piece. It's the only uh, Bond that I that I don't have uh, like serious exposure to. Timothy Dalton, I went back and filled in. Pierce Brosnan was sort of the Bond that was, um, I think he was the first one that I saw in a movie theater was, was Gold, Goldeneye. Uh, and then the Sean Connery movies Every time they put them out in a new format, you know, I remember specifically when they came out on VHS for the first time and they were all in those, um, you know, matching boxes. They put the Connery films out and then they put all the Roger Moore films out. I think then they went back and did Lazenby and so forth and so on. I yeah. got all of those Connery films one year for Christmas and I wore the tape out, you know, I mean, just oh watched God. it over and over again. So to me, it goes back to Connery. And I think when I think about Bond, I think about someone who... And, and sort of by by knighting them, if you will, by choosing them to to carry that Eon mantle, the the EON Productions mantle of the real James Bond for this generation, I feel like it legitimizes an actor as like this is the actor that is the suavest, the most debonair, the most amazing of his generation. That's the idea, at least. Now I don't know that that's always played out with the Bonds, but it, it does feel like a special event when you choose an, a new Bond. Were you? Let's go back to the, the Daniel Craig specifically. I, you and I both agree uh, he's done a great job and, and those are good films. Were you excited when he was first announced? You know, I had a lot of mixed emotions about it, but I'll tell you why. Mainly because I was so wrong about Heath Ledger as the Joker. You know, they announced Heath Ledger as the Joker and I thought, horrible, horrible choice, horrible choice. I just, I don't think this guy can pull it off. Um, and I was really sort of 
indifferent about Daniel Craig as Bond because, you know, I mean, he looked like Bond. Um, he kind of sounded like Bond, but could he... I think the question that a lot of people asked at that point was, could he follow Pierce Brosnan? Not could he be Bond, but could he be Bond after Pierce Brosnan? Because for, you know, a lot of people, Pierce Brosnan is their Bond. And he's not a bad Bond, not at all. But, you know, Daniel Craig, I knew, would bring a totally different aspect to the mantle of Bond that I was excited for. You know, like, it does it it just sort of go back to the Joker in an aspect of, you know, like, in every film iteration of the Joker, we've seen a different version, you know, uh, between original, you know, like the 60s and 70s Joker to, you know, the Jokers of the 80s and, you know, Heath Ledger's Joker and now Jared Leto. They all have their own their own spin on this one character and that that lends itself to trying something new like okay so we're going to make this a little more serious we're going to make it a little more real world feel and bring it back down you know from the fantastical nature that Pierce Brosnan sort of drifted off into there with his last film um I I remember watching the first trailer of Casino Royale, and I thought, oh, my God. Like, A, I really wanted to like it, but B, my immediate gut reaction was, oh, man, they've, they've, they've made this an action flick, and that's not what I want out of Bond, you know. Uh, and it really wasn't until I actually saw the film that, you know, I fully realized that, man, Daniel Craig is the complete package. He's the suave. He's the, you know, he's the buff guy. He has the, the smarts and the wit to be Bond. He's he's a complete package. Now, could he be, you know, Bond written for Sean Connery? Well, of course not. But for the way that his Bond is written and the way that these stories are being told in this generation, he's perfect. Yes, I strongly agree, and I, and I feel like that goes into the you know the broader question, which is why does this franchise work so well over so many years? Why do you and I both think that this is a franchise that's going to continue into the future? Um, what is it about Bond that makes him so universal, so applicable through different time periods? Because he's the guy that you can't be. He's, he's the guy that is a kid you watched and you ran around in the yard with your buddies and played James Bond. You know, when I was a kid, they even had the James Bond Jr. cartoon series pointed at kids, you know, to get kids interested in Bond already, you know, and introduce you to some of those classic villains. But, like, Bond is that is that guy that you think you might could be, but then you fully realize you could never be. You know, he ha he's the complete package. He has the looks. He has the suave. He has the ability. He has everything. And so, you know, 
that I think is what it is. And it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter what the tech is or is not in the film. And it doesn't ever matter who the villain is. Because even if the villain is, you know, some ridiculous nastiness that, you know, is totally fiction or is, you know, real world, real world villain like Javier Bardem was in Skyfall, you still can't be Bond. You might could be the villain, but you can never be Bond because he can take it and he does it all. And that's what identifies, I think, with an adult and with, you know, like a teenage kid. And I, that, I can tell you, is the one common factor that connected me and my dad to Bond. It had to have been because, you know, my dad's not a tech-savvy guy, uh, and he surely wasn't when I started watching Bond back in the 90s. And so that's what it has to be. It has to be, you know, here's this guy that is just way cooler than you ever could imagine, and he has a great accent, and he has a cool car, and he gets every freaking lady on earth. You just can't be Bond. Well, and and it's that because it is that broad. I mean, you know what you I say. Why does Bond last? And he say because uh, you say because it's the the guy you can't be. Because it's that broad, I think it can it can mold itself to the times. So, for instance, the transition to the Daniel Craig Bond, you were like, well, how how are we going to do a Bond that follows Pierce Brosnan? Pierce Brosnan had, to, to my mind, done a very good impersonation of Roger Moore. I mean, that it felt like it felt like a Roger Moore Bond uh, through the lens of Pierce Brosnan, a little bit older, maybe at the start. And then and then that series had gotten a little outlandish, truthfully, and in the in the era that those movies were coming out in, especially as we waited in between the last Pierce Brosnan and the first Daniel Craig, you sort of got the sense of, are we past Bond? Is Bond over? No, Bond will just be retold through the lens of what we want to see in a movie now. And so, yeah, it did sort of come off like an action film, but what it was really about, it wasn't so much about just making it more of an action movie. It was about bringing down the realism, or, or amping up the realism, I should say, and, and bringing down the campiness, and regrounding that character in what felt like a real world, which is what we were seeing in movies like Jason Bourne. I mean, that's obviously, I think, the biggest um, the, the biggest uh, um, influence on the new James Bond series has been the Bourne movies. But as you see, what has happened in between the first uh, Daniel Craig movie and, and the you know Spectre that's about to come out, we've had this explosion of superhero movies. And in particular, superhero movies in the vein of the modern Marvel cinematic universe, where yes, they are grounded loosely in our own real world, and then we strap the, the unimaginable and the, um, you know, the, the um, extreme on top of that. We sort of bolt on the craziness to the real world. And I think that's what we've seen a little bit already in Skyfall. You mentioned the Javier Bardem character. Um, you know, that harkens back to the deformed villain of the past, and yet it was presented in a way that fits in the Daniel Craig universe. You think about this movie, we're going to see the introduction for the first time or, or the explanation that we've been following Spectre plots all along, perhaps. That's what it is implied in the trailer. But for the first time, we're going to see this secret evil organization in the modern Daniel Craig films. And I think it makes sense in a world where we've watched Hydra uh, be destroyed by Captain America and the Avengers over and over and over again. Exactly. So <clears throat> in that vein, why don't we talk a little bit about what you want, if, they're, if they put Josh in charge of, of the next production, 
what, where, where do you want this franchise to go? Let's assume for a moment that we get Daniel Craig for one more. He's contracted for one more. Let's say that he's going to stick around for one more movie. Oh, oh man, that's tough. Knowing, knowing that he has one more film left in his contract, you know, you know, it has to be, it has to be stellar anyway, but you have to send him out as Bond the right way. Uh, you know, you, you said that about Pierce Brosnan doing a really great Roger Moore impression, and that that's in, that is incredibly accurate. You know, but by the time Pierce Brosnan was you know dying another day, everyone was just ready for it to be over, and to follow Skyfall with Spectre and. Reviews are already coming in sort of on both sides of the board about Spectre, but knowing that, you know, he's got one more, it has to be incredible. It has to be huge. It has to be huge. He has to go, he has to cover multiple parts of the globe, and it just has to be perfect. Um, I think you get, you know, someone incredibly classic to do the theme I think maybe, you know, we're about 99 or 95% sure that Christoph Waltz is Blofeld Inspector. You, you give us a really, really, really good henchman and big, big bad for the next one, and you just send him out right. You know, uh, maybe, maybe you get out of that totally grounded in realism just a hair and give him a little bit more wit and see personally I think they're going to bring some of that back in because they've reintroduced Money Penny which is always like it, if, if, if you could craft the perfect relationship between a man and a woman on earth it would probably be James Bond and Money Penny uh, so you know that, that reaction is that, that relationship is pretty good um and really, it all boils down to who you cast as the villain. I mean, by the time, by the time his next film, you know, by the time his last one gets rolling and goes into production, they'll probably have a good sense of who they're looking for to be the next Bond. So it has to be someone to overshadow that. Um, and I almost think, I mean, you know, going into something like that. You know, Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, all of these humongously British names are going to start being fluttered out there as the next Bond. I think you sneak one of those really, really large names in as the villain and just make it a great film. You know, give him a good fight. Get, put him down in a hole where you have to really wonder if he's going to pull out of it. And then just let him be James Bond for the last 45 minutes of the film. Big and grandiose. Oh, man, that's what I want. I, I, I think that's a pretty good prescription. I You know, from the things that I've seen and heard, and I've been trying to keep my head out of any spoiler territory on Spectre because I don't want to know. I want to go and, and be surprised. Exactly. But I, I see, perhaps at least, that there's maybe some hints that, that, that this has got strains of, if not large sections of the plot that they've sort of readapted from um, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. I think there's a lot that they, they're taking cues from from that film. <clears throat> That's a good one. 
And, and the one that I just watched with the wife most recently uh, of the classic series is Diamonds Are Forever, the follow-up to uh, oh. from Her Majesty's, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Now, that one, of oh, course, man. features the return of, of Sean Connery for the last time in the official series. But what, what I was really struck by in that, that one's got really compelling and interesting villains. It's got the continued connection to Blofeld, which, if we're right, and, and we think that Christoph Waltz might be playing Blofeld or some modern variation thereof, if that's the case, I say let him continue in one way or another into oh, yeah. uh, the next movie. Bring in some interesting characters like, um, is, it, is it Mr. Kidd and Mr. Wint, I think are the two names, the, the, um, the assassins in uh, Diamonds Are Forever? Bring I think in some, so. Bring in some interesting characters like that. And the other thing that I liked about Diamonds Are Forever, especially in relation to or comparison to On Her Majesty's Secret Service, it's more of a self-contained mission, even though it features those ongoing characters. So right. I, I think that would be a good opportunity, too. The one thing that I think we're going to be a little sad about, uh, you know, 10, 15 years down the road, as we look back at the Daniel Craig era of James Bond, they leaned a little heavy on the destiny, I think, um, yeah. aspect. You know, the connection. Everything is connected, and his whole life has been this this one uh, roiling uh, bit of turmoil. And I that's I think that's fine, but maybe they went a little too deep into that. I would love to see just a, a good, solid mission. Skyfall seemed to promise that at the end. Hey, the next yeah. one's just going to be a mission. And then they got the rights to Spectre back. So I think that changed their, their plan a, a bit. I think you're right, because I think that they did, and I, Skyfall, I, I really, really loved Skyfall, and it was actually my sleep movie for a long time until it went off Netflix, uh, so I probably couldn't watch it again during the daylight hours if I, if I wanted to right now, but um, they, you know, they set us up perfectly. I think Ray Fiennes is going to be incredible as him, although I love Judy Dench. She was wonderful, but, you know, they, they set up this, this idea that, oh, we're well, we're going to roll this back into standalone movies with standalone stories, and then they did. They got the rights to Spectre back, and it, my my fear is that they already know what they're going to do for the follow-up to Spectre, and they're going to two-part us in some way. Maybe not like a traditional two-part to be continued, but essentially it's a two-part film. Um I don't think that will go over well, and I don't want Daniel Craig to have that as his last Bond. But, I, you know, it, Bond is one of those its one of those movies that I think it's, to, for me, it's a lot like some of these superhero films are for, for the, you know, the true Marvel and DC, you know, fans that, you know, you can do no wrong with these films. Like, that's how Bond is to me. I mean, I know a lot of people who just... I don't know what it is about Bond that it doesn't appeal to them, but they can watch the Bourne films, you know, but it, they love all these superhero movies. You know, I saw Age of Ultron and was incredibly disappointed. I felt like I'd been let down a lot, but even if I know that it's not the best of the Bond films, I always look for the best in that film. But for it to be Craig's last film, I really hope they don't... I, 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 I hope they don't try to lean back on all of that because, you know, I mean, I love, I love Matt Mickelson. I think he's an incredible actor. Uh, he was fantastic as Hannibal Lecter. And, you know, it's almost, it almost seems like in another time that he was, you know, the big bad in Casino Royale. So, you know, we've got a lot of ground 
that they could potentially try to tie together for his entire run as Bond. But I hope that they don't. I hope it doesn't go out that way because, to me, it would be really hard to continue the story with anyone else if they do that. You know, I mean, I think that they have to wrap up this big arc in Spectre and then give us a good classic Bond with that last one, or at least that's what I hope that they do. I strongly agree. And I, I think the other thing is it's going to be even more interesting to watch the transition to the next Bond actor just because of the way the world has changed, the movie the movie world has changed, and what people's expectations are for film series um, since, again, the Daniel Craig transition. You know, I think your average movie-going audience now that they've gotten used to the continuity of the Marvel franchise, for instance, and then now also on the DC side, you know, these characters, these actors are going to play, you know, Batman and Superman a dozen times probably. Um, and And yet... Here we are going to be, theoretically, you're going to get Ray Fiennes probably staying around as M, just as Judy Dench did. Oh, yeah. You might, you might get the young Q. You know, they've got a young guy as, as Q now, and he's pretty great. Um, oh, he's you great. Could have, you could have those actors transition to the next Bond. That was a little weird when Judy Dench did it because, again, it just makes us, it reminds us that the Bond series is this strange thing where we pretend all of these missions happen to the same guy, never mind yeah. the fact that the guy changes, you know? And it's totally different. I mean, you know, I, I did wonder, well, I, when I had read that they had cast her again as M, I was initially really glad because I've loved her as M. To me, she was she was probably what saved the vast majority of, of Pierce Brosnan's run as Bond, uh, just because she was she's such a strong actress. Um, but at first I sort of felt like she... You know, like, they didn't really explain it. It just was kind of there. But, you know, then again, we're just, you know, we've just been bred to accept Bond as Bond is this guy now. You know, his face has just changed. Or, you know, is it just this mantle that they give this person? Maybe there are two 007s. Maybe it's just a code name, you know. But it's it's one of those things that they do such a great job, or they have in the modern Bonds, with putting great pieces around, you know, around that already iconic character that it really does help that transition. I mean, because now all I'm thinking about is, my God, Ray Fiennes and Christoph Waltz in the same film with Daniel Craig. Oh, my gosh, it's going to be incredible. And then you have to realize, oh, wait, five movies from now, probably not going to be these guys. I mean, it could be. I hope it's Ray Fiennes for the next 12. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's they've done it for so long, and, you know, it's not just them that have done it for so long. Uh, it's other series that have done it as well. And then, you know, you have people that are going to flip out on you if Robert Downey Jr. is not Iron Man. I mean, you know, the grumblings on the Internet is that, you know, um, Oh, uh, Chris Evans doesn't want to be Captain America anymore. He's tired of acting. He wants to go and direct. That's fine. But, buddy, you're Captain America until they stop making Captain America films. I mean, that, that's just how the fans think. But, you know, I, I could care less. But, you know, they've, they've, the, the superhero movies have changed the game. I mean, they, they, 
they really have, and in a way that's for the good and in a way that's not. And this is one of them. I mean, it's almost like we've dumbed down our time that we're going to pay $8.50 to sit and watch a film, you know, to adapt to comic book films. And, and I think maybe it's because we wanted those movies for so long and they did them so poorly. And now they're actually doing well, you know, you, you, you really want to take them all and you can't miss a single one. But, you know, you have characters that are just as iconic that don't fly around and wear a cape that to me might as well be superheroes and it's pretty easy for me to accept the fact that the same guy's not doesn't have the same name every time but uh, you just never know how people are going to react to that you know it's like uh, the internet got brushed up not long ago about Idris Elba potentially being named as one of the four front runners for Bond I mean look at that dude he is Bond he is is, I mean like my wife immediately said after that, I think she was, she was one of the first people I saw post a meme on Facebook with, like, you know, him t- shirtless holding his jacket and leaning next to a car. I was like, yeah, tell me this guy can't be Bond. Yeah, absolutely. My- the, the, only, the only argument against him, I think, that's reasonable is that perhaps he's too old by the time we get yes. there. You know, I mean, that, yeah. that's the, you, if you're going to start a series and you want him to get maybe four or five movies, yeah. he might be too old to, to play Bond. And I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I'm of two minds here. Because if you look at the Daniel Craig series, do I want to immediately go back and watch a brand new Bond start over again? Do I want to watch a Bond get his license to kill? I don't think I do. I'd rather, no. I'd rather pick up. Somebody 35, maybe even 37 or 38, you could start, you know, right there at their 40s. But if that's the case, then your production crew has to know we got to bang these out. We got to put a bond yeah, oh, out yeah. every two or three years tops, you know. And I think that's the mistake that they that they made with Daniel Craig initially. I mean, I, I think that maybe they had thought, well, we'll sign him to this deal and we'll knock these out, and then they just didn't do it. I mean, you know, he's a busy guy and. I, I'm really thinking that they did not expect Casino Royale to be as big of a hit as it was. Um, I, I really, it's almost like they they mishandled their cards uh, with the first couple of films. I mean, I'm still on the fit on the fence about how I feel about Quantum of Solace, but um, you know, I, I really wish we could have gotten like a couple more films out of Daniel Craig, but. My only my only hang up with Idris Elba is not that he's black because I know that's what a lot of people are have an issue with. My my real hang up with Idris Elba is that it doesn't matter if he's James Bond or if he's that dude in Pacific Rim. You know, I'm always going to see him as Charles Robinson from uh, The Office, and he was a classic jerk in that, and I just can't get past that. So. Well, and I know a lot of a lot of people see him from the wire, you know, and and yeah. they can't oh, yeah. get past that. So yeah, I, yeah, there's definitely uh, that hangover. But I think I think um, Daniel Craig had that for some fans. For instance, I, I saw the character from Layer Cake in all yeah. of the trailers for uh, uh, the Casino Royale. I, I thought, well, he's just playing the same character. Now, once I saw the movie, that was not the case. There, there's a oh, lot yeah. more to it. But um, the other interesting thing that's going on, Josh, and I want to talk about this for a minute before we get you out of here, um, behind the scenes, there's going to be a transition after Spectre as well. The James, with the rights to the James Bond series, move away from the deal that they've been on currently with Metro, Golden Meyer, this MGM, and Sony, and they're going to be up for bid. Now, Sony might get back in and, and 
you know, lock it down again for a multi uh, film contract, but there's no guarantee. And as uh, Tom Rothman, the uh, chairman of the Sony Pictures Group, said recently, everybody's going to be bidding. So he knows this oh, is yeah. going to be very high, particularly after you, and you mentioned this earlier, the success of Skyfall. You know, Skyfall is the first James Bond film to make a billion dollars. And I, again, I think they didn't really expect to have this hit. I, didn't, I mean, I think they knew Skyfall was going to be successful. The early reviews had been very good. But it really had legs, and it, it stuck yeah. around. And I think there is something to the fact that it is it provides a lot of those same popcorn uh, enjoyment that the superhero movies does, but it is a little bit more adult fare. And so for, for people who enjoy that type of movie but think, I want a little more meat on the bones, this, the James Bond films so far have had that. Oh, yeah. And, and I think that's all Daniel Craig, you know? I mean, I think he just he sort of brings that to the table, and it, it is. I mean, that's that's... That, I think, is what they initially started out with, with the superhero movies. Oh, these are great popcorn films. But then they evolved into, you have to see every single one of them. And I don't care if you don't want to go see Ant-Man. You have to see it if you want to see the next 75. And, you know, the, it, Bond, Bond is that way to an extent. But, you know, I mean, he... They... they give it a little more edge and it is it obviously has a little bit more adult themes and you know it's just i don't know i mean i i think that the success of the next of the next few bond films they are totally prepared for and with good reason i mean you know they did a great job promotionally with specter i mean uh they they've not given you too much uh they you know they've really kind of hidden the things well that they have need. They really needed to hide from you, and um, they they always market. They, well, they've done a really great job with Daniel Craig and marketing him as Bond. But I really hate to see the rights transition to anywhere else. I mean, uh, it's it's one of those things. I think that if it ain't broke, you don't fix it. But I I just. I'm, I don't want. This is what I don't want to happen with Bond, and they've 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 done they've done a really good job of not doing this. I don't I don't want superhero films out of this. I don't want you to spin it off onto Netflix, and I don't want this, and I don't want that. And for God's sakes, I don't want the mouse anywhere near the bidding process of this thing. You know, I want you to leave James Bond alone. I don't want you to make him Jason Bourne. I want him to just be James Bond because. That way, in 15 years, if the right guy is the right guy to bring back, you know, like the Roger Moore style of James Bond, then it makes sense. You know, and whoever is in charge of the rights of those films, they have to be able to discern that. And it's one of those things where I'm just I'm really nervous about it. These films have been so great. You know, really, honestly, if you... If you really look at it as as a whole, I mean, since you know, since Pierce Brosnan picked it up with Goldeneye, you know, I mean, we've gotten some really great Bond. I mean, not all of it has been just the absolute best, but man, it's been a great time for Bond. And I just, I don't want it to be too commercialized. You know, I mean, 
they do they do a great job of, of even with the stuff you know like there's not James Bond toys thank God you know you can't go to the dealership and buy his Aston Martin because they only make ten of them and that goes back to you can't be Bond you know I mean they don't oversaturate it and if the, if that falls into the hands of the wrong folks that's what they're gonna do you know I mean. I love Star Wars. I've, I've loved Star Wars since I was a kid. But I knew when Disney bought the rights to it from Lucas that that's what would happen. I mean, it would happen on a broader scale than than it was already going on. And I've really just learned to, to tune it out. I mean, do I think that the story would be great to watch the animated series and the television series that they're going to do for Star Wars and the in-between movies? Yeah, probably, but I'm just going to go watch the movies, like the real movies, because that's all I care about. That's what I cared about as a kid, and I don't want you to 2015 James Bond. You know, leave him alone. Let's just let's focus all our efforts on making these the best films that we can, and don't monkey around with them. I mean, if they, if they cast the wrong guy, um, he won't be Bond for long. You know, I mean, that's and that's the beauty of this. You know, you get stuck with the wrong superhero in a superhero film. You could potentially tank that franchise and it's over. Yes. But you, you cast the wrong guys, James Bond, eh, you put out with it for a couple films and you move on. And then the next guy is you knock it out of the park. That's right. There's another one coming. Just, just like the uh, the afternoon train. Uh, that's, yeah. I think that's a pretty good place to, uh, to start wrapping this up. But, uh, Josh, before I let you out of here, you know, the name of the show is what makes me weird. Uh, this episode specifically, we've been talking about what makes James Bond weird, but outside of your James Bond fandom, what, what do you think is the number one thing that makes Josh Steen weird? Oh, that's, whew, that is a good, good question. A couple of things. Uh, I really like socks. Huh. Like I have a I have a sock problem, and it's it's getting sort of out of control. I recently transitioned to a new job, and I've really noticed myself really, really thinking, well, I should order this pair of socks and get this pair of socks. And I mean, I'm currently wearing a mismatched pair because sometimes you just have to do it to not take yourself so seriously. One is superheroes, and the other one has a fox on it. I, I love the fact that. You know, I might have to be business casual every day, but these this one little piece of me can be my my inner expression of myself. Socks. Um, and let me let me give you another good one. Let me think about it. Oh, socks is pretty good, man. <laughs> so, so, well, socks is weird. I'm sure you probably not ever had anybody say socks. Yeah, nobody has ever um, nobody has ever said their love of socks yet. No, I do, and I, lo- I love. I love socks. They're a good thing. So we'll, we'll just stick with socks. How about that? Great conversation with Josh. He's a guy that we're going to have on again. I can guarantee you I really enjoyed what he brought to the table. Hope you enjoyed, too, our conversation about James Bond. And hope you get to out to the movie theaters and get to see Spectre, if not this weekend, then sometime soon. I'm going to try to see it ASAP. And when I do, I'll either write a review or post a review on the podcast. Either way, I'll, I'll point you in the right direction so you can see my full thoughts on Spectre, the latest film in the um, James Bond franchise. Uh, Next week, we're going to be talking to Kyle Sweeney. He's going to join us to discuss Star Wars as we are 
in heavy preparation mode, my friends, for The Force Awakens coming out in December. It's so close now, and I've been reading some of the prequel-era novels. I've been watching the Clone Wars cartoon series, getting ready to, to watch Rebels once I finish it. That's the new series that's on Disney XD right now. Uh, and it features characters from right before A New Hope, the very first Star Wars movie. So interesting stuff going on in the world of Star Wars, of course, and we'll be talking about that next week with James uh, Kyle Sweeney. All here on What Makes Me Weird. Until next week, come back and join us at uh, What Makes Me Weird or find me on Twitter at The Rogues Life and let me know what you think of the show. You can email us, too, by uh, sending an email to makesmeweird at gmail.com. Until next week, I'm Joel Sharpton. And you should keep it weird. You got busted without a dime being your name. You took a bus ride with your mindset to fame. They had a tough time remembering your name. Well, we don't. No, we don't. You missed your big chance to be a Hollywood star. But for most folks, that never was in the cards. Well, you sail and you fail. Well, at least you got to do it while you were young Before you get old and you lose your nerve So here's to you From the great Pelican State It's never too late To come back home So here's to you What Makes Me Weird is a proud member of the Two Guys and a Rogue Network. You can find more info and a full list of our episodes at blogtalkradio slash makesmeweird. You can also email the show to makesmeweird at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook or Twitter by searching Makes Me Weird. Our theme song is From the Great Pelican State by Adam Dale. Two Guys and a Rogue. I'm one guy. I'm the other. And this is the network. It's time to live up to our name. Avengers Endgame is now the biggest movie ever. Oh, yeah! See it first on digital download. I like this one. Watch instantly on all your devices. That's pretty good, right? Marvel Studios' Avengers Endgame. Available to download and keep now. Just like that. Yeah, just like that. This is not just bread. This is a delicious M&S sliced loaf. Just one of our range that has been sliced from £1.15 to 65p. Enriched with vitamin D and fibre, it's great for packed lunches. This is not just value, this is M&S value. Subject to availability, excludes franchise stores.